Duly Noted, a health and care podcast, is the official podcast series of Duly Health and Care. Each podcast features physicians or team members discussing groundbreaking topics and innovations that help listeners reimagine and better understand an extraordinary health and care experience. Benign prostatic hyperplasia, or BPH, is most common in older men, and though family history of BPH is the biggest risk factor, there are some behavior and lifestyle changes that we can make that can help us manage BPH. And I'm joined today by Dr. Fong Nguyen. He's a urologist with Dooley Health and Care. Doctor, thanks so much for joining me. We're going to talk about benign prostatic hyperplasia, and we're going to abbreviate that as BPH along the way, just because it's easier to say, of course, and more commonly known as BPH. And I think people may find it surprising that more than 70% of men over the age of 60 actually suffer from BPH. So maybe you could talk to us about that. What is BPH, and how common is it? BPH, as it stands for benign, not cancerous, prostatic, so the prostate, Hyperplasia is just a medical term for enlargement of those prostatic cells. And it occurs when you get older, and it's really directed by your genetic lineage. And some guys start to experience prostate enlargement in their late 30s. Other gentlemen will not experience any of those problems till their 60s or 70s. But obviously, as you get older, it becomes much more common as a population. Yeah, and as you say, it is a genetic sort of family history type thing, so I'm sure that's something you go over with men when they're in the office there, personal history, family history. And I know that diagnosing BPH requires some lab testing and imaging. What are some of the symptoms, though, that men should be on the lookout for? Diagnosing is first and foremost by the history, what patients will tell you. And the symptoms we look for can be broken up to a couple of different categories. One is what we call obstructive symptoms, so weaker stream, standing there, taking a longer time to go, not a good stream, so what we call intermittency. So the stream comes and it stops and you have to wait for another stream to come to finish everything out. And then there's a class, what we call irritative symptoms. You're running in the bathroom all the time. You feel the need to go. Sometimes you can't hold it. It starts to leak and you're getting up at night to pee more often than you didn't before. And also sometimes it continues to dribble after you think you're done and you've pulled up your pants and your underwear gets wet. Hmm. Yeah, we've talked about this as a thing. This could be men in their 30s, sometimes men who are older like me, 55 and older. As we age, though, doctor, does the prostate gland change per se? And what are some of the risk factors associated with the changes? Certainly, prostate does continue to grow as you get older. And um, that there really are no significant risk factors other than you knowing about it from your father having it or your paternal grandfather having it. Um, So those are things that you can keep in mind. Um, But it it does continue to to grow over time, and and there are things you can do about it to prevent it. But a lot of guys, if we're talking about medications, would not like to take medications when they're young and they're older. Yeah, so then let's talk about treatment options. If someone's diagnosed with BPH, can they ever really get back to normal or near normal functioning with these treatment options? Absolutely. So a lot of men will be markedly improved with surgery. But before we jump to doing surgery, we always try some habit changes or behavioral modifications first. And sometimes medications are added to see if they can achieve that goal of symptom improvement. But In my experience, being back to 
normal as they were beforehand really requires surgery. But sometimes the question is that needed. Sure. Right. I'm sure you discussed this with patients, you know, like what's their end game? What are their expectations? Is near normal good enough? Is close enough good enough? And as you say, if it is, maybe they wouldn't need surgery, right? Right. Yeah. And, you know, doctor, with so many conditions, it seems like it's more not so much about curing per se, but it's more about living with or managing. So if we think about Mm -hmm. BPH in that realm of managing the condition, what can they do? You discuss some behavior, lifestyle, if they'd like to avoid surgery and medications, what do they do to kind of manage it? Yeah. So it, it can be viewed as a chronic condition, just like um, high blood pressure. And you can manage this condition by simple habit changes, reducing how much caffeine and spicy foods you take. There's good evidence that acidic food can irritate the bladder and make you more likely to run to the bathroom, feel more urgency, and have that frequency of urination. Caffeine, which is a very potent irritant to the bladder that can irritate the bladder for six to eight hours. So Mm. even reducing to one cup of coffee or tea a day instead of three or four um, can make a big difference. And especially men who get up to urinate at night, limiting or restricting liquid intake after dinner, uh, two or three hours before to go to bed, makes a big deal. It's the same thing we tell children who are bedwetters, nothing to drink after dinner, because if you put something in, it's going to come out when you're asleep. And the difference between children and adults is that children sleep through everything. Mm-hmm. Adults, we wake up for everything. Right. So simple habit changes can go a long way. And some patients don't want to take medication, but they're more interested in herbal supplements. And the more popular herbal supplements that was discovered in Africa is is what we know as salt palmetto here. It's not tested, the definition of being a supplement. So the FDA does not require any testing. But it has been shown to help some symptom relief for some men in terms of frequency, weak stream, urgency, and even nighttime urination. So those are supplements that they can take as well. Doctors, we wrap up here, and this has been educational. If men think that they're suffering or believe that they may be suffering from BPH, especially if they know they had a family history, a long family history, and they're pretty sure they have it as well, how would you best encourage them to not suffer, you know, not get up so many times during the night? Like, What would you be your recommendation? Reach out to their provider, see a specialist. I'll leave it to you. Yeah, so... Um, I almost always tell patients to see their primary care provider first, and they can make those simple habit changes. And if those habit changes uh, or behavioral modifications are not enough, then see the provider. A lot of times their primary care provider will start them on medications if they desire, if the patients agree. And if they don't respond or they don't want to think about medicine, then they go see the specialist, the urologist, and we're more than happy to take care and treat these guys. Yeah, for me, I don't have BPH as far as I know, nor (laughs) nor a family history. You you talk about cutting back from three or four cups of coffee to one. Boy, that's a tough sell, you know, but I think it does become this situation, doctor, where it's this sort of like risk reward, right? It's like, you know, we we know the things that we're doing that aren't good for us, that cause us to run to the bathroom and, and all the things we've talked about here today, but they're just so hard to give up, right? Yeah, and I tell patients all the time, there's no harm to run to the bathroom all the time. But if it bothers you and you're bothered enough, you got to change your habits. So you got to pick what you want.
Yeah, exactly right. It's not a crime per se to have to run to the bathroom a lot, but if that becomes inconvenient or embarrassing Mm -hmm. or whatever, then you maybe cut down to one cup of coffee. So uh, this has been really great, Doctor, today. I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much, and you stay well. Thank you. You too. And for more information, go to dulyhealthandcare.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and check out our full podcast library for additional topics of interest. This is Duly Noted, a health and care podcast from Duly Health and Care.